Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as host Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. This is your host, of course, Mike Abadir. Today is Thursday, November 30th, in the year 2023. Glad to have you on with us for the last Thursday of the year, last Thursday of the year 2023, heading into the final months, month number 12. In month number 12, Pop, a lot goes down when it comes to NFL playoff seedings, college football standings. But I kind of want to start with the NBA, man, because I gotta, I gotta confess, I, I was giving you a little bit of a hard time about this whole in-season, you know, little tournament thingy. I'm like, oh, it's kind of a soccer ripoff idea. Kind of sounds gimmicky. Kind of sounds BS. This in-season tournament, man, it's actually been pretty cool, man. I got, I gotta confess, I was dead wrong about it, man. I was talking mm-hmm. smack, talking smack, and. Uh, and uh, I was looking at it from the wrong prism. This thing's pretty cool, man. <laughs> I, think it's a, it's a, I think it's a pretty fun little idea. And even if they got it from soccer, who cares? They all copy each other anyways. I think the right. concept is cool. And I think the one thing that I was not sold on was that these guys would be incentivized for a few hundred thousand bucks. Right? But mm. you got to forget. You got to remember, you got to forget. (laughs) You got to remember, these guys are all super competitive. And I think it's also, I think the the key to it is this. If you have a chance to go on a three or four game run and to redefine your season, that's what these guys have an opportunity for. Like imagine in baseball, the middle of 162, they have this like four game period where they could Forget about their, you know, 10 and 20 start. And they could just focus on these few games and get their crowd behind them and get excitement and be top billing on NBA today and all that kind of stuff. Or MLB today, if it was in baseball. You know, that's what these people have an opportunity for. You know, whether you got off to a bad start, whether your long-term prospects don't look good for the season, you could come in here and bang, man. I like it. So I'm dead wrong, Pop. You were right. You got to give this thing a chance. And once I did, like the concept, man, props to the NBA. Well, Mike, I'm just going to say that's us getting up there in age, even though we're in our prime. That's my new uh, saying is I turn 40 next year. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, we, we, we don't like change. Let's keep it real because we, we know we watched a better game a long time ago. But they got to put some some new stuff on it so you, they can keep your interest. You got to understand the NBA is losing interest right now. Even Mark Cuban has went ahead and kind of checked out. Yeah, he's still uh, uh, the uh, the guy that runs basketball operations. But you gave up three point five billion worth of your team, so that means that. Yeah, you get the last say on things, but when it comes to maintenance stuff and building new stadiums and things like that, Mark ain't gonna be the uh the hey, he's not gonna be in it all by himself with that. 
you know, that's going to be more on the Sands. And that's crazy because now you got this Vegas group here. And now the big chirp is going to be, are they going to Nevada? No chance because the Dallas market is making, is, is, is diehard fans when you winning, diehard fans when you losing. But when it gets to this tournament, man, it's just a, it's a fresh look. It's a fresh take. And it's really good for the bottom feeders to have something to play for. Those guys actually have played so hard in those tournament games, and they they built a better chemistry for their teams as well, too. This was to make sure that guys are, are paying attention and the guys are taking the first half of the season seriously. So then, you know, you can actually compete with the NFL because, you know, the NFL, I mean, the NBA does not even get a – uh, 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 inkling of what the major game of the NFL of the week would get. You know what I mean? They, they're they barely, you don't even know if they, how do you know if they're on TV? Because, you know, they've lost their regional deals because Bally's is going bankrupt and all that good stuff. And um, now basketball and possibly baseball will be have to be headed back to the local stations, which is going to be a good thing, you know. But this is why when you have these tournaments, you can go ahead and really be able to sell for your sponsors. That's what it's all about. The NBA has now became a NASCAR type business where sponsors are getting a lot of promotion during their games. Every time we look up, you got somebody with a PayPal on their jersey or you got a big bow on the jersey. And those guys are getting a lot. That means eyes. So when people see eyes on these certain things, then they are quicker to go ahead and do business with those entities as well, too. So, you know, that's how this tournament is going. I see it as a big marketing campaign, but the players have seen that, okay, we're, we're playing with clean slates here and everybody gets, gets a chance to be in the playoffs. And so pretty much this gives everybody a different motivation and it's a beautiful thing to see. Good explanation there because I think, uh, you know, I think bringing in the elements of, um, you know, what we're used to, you know, uh, being kind of like not all down with change is kind of a, it's kind of an age thing. Uh, a lot of studies will say that most people in general don't like change, not very comfortable with change. But a lot of times you'll notice like, oh, I don't like this new phone. I don't like that they changed it. But then after, you know, a few weeks, you're like, man, this one's pretty sweet. I remember saying that about one of the um, horse racing apps. I don't remember which one, maybe TPG or something. Where I was like, man, I like the old one better. This new one sucks, you know. But then after two <laughs> weeks, you go back and you look at the old one. You're like, man, this looks like dinosaur archaic, man. You know, right. so you know, our eyes just don't like change. We don't want to, you know, go through something different because we know what the outcome is in the first one. We don't know what the outcome is in the second one. But, um, hey, man, that's, that's kind of why those guys are paid the big bucks, to be able to make those difficult decisions and decisions that they're banking on folks like us ending up liking it in the long run, even after we criticize it or say that we don't want to see this or it sounds stupid. And um, so, anyway, I, I wanted to give those guys a little bit of props because, uh, you know, I've probably given the NBA more of a hard time than a good time in the last – you know, a few years. So, <laughs> uh, so I want to be fair to them. Uh, let's shift gears for a second and talk to the national football league. We usually don't talk about the Thursday night games. I always say that for obvious reasons, because you know, most people, by the time that they listen to the show, they're not listening live necessarily. They may be listening to it after the Thursday night game. 
But I do want to say one thing that's interesting. Dallas Cowboys have an opportunity right now to kind of get back into the conversation of being a contender. Now, for whatever reason, that conversation's been kind of amped up recently. And then I go over and I look and I see that the Philadelphia Eagles, team with the best record in football, they've done no wrong. They've had some great comebacks. And overall, they've been the most dominating team in the league. Are three-point underdogs to the 49ers? Is this a little bit of like Cowboys energy kind of affecting the mindset of people or what? Because how in the world is anybody a favorite over the Philadelphia Eagles, man? I, I need you to explain that to me because I don't understand it. They always want the bookie to explain everything. I got you. The lines maker. You know what I mean? You know how yep. I am. Right. You know that this is my business. This is my cup of tea. I'm going to tell you like this. Um, okay, as a guy that makes future lines, I did have Philadelphia as the favorite for this game, but I do understand why lines makers made the 49ers the favorite because when you do the tilt, everybody wants the Niners. They it, When you look at it and you look at the team coming into the game, you got to understand that the Eagles have, I'm not going to say they got lucky, but I'm going to say they got lucky. In some in about five or six of these victories that they that they've had because in, in one mistake the game could have went the other way, you know. And them losing to the Jets that was a lack of focus at the end, you know. They just thought that the Jets were some some sloppy team with, with they disorganized didn't and didn't play defense, and so they made Jalen pay for that. But now it gets hard, and they feel like the Eagles aren't up to par at the moment because they got some, some they got some other issues going on this week as well too. They got some injuries that possibly won't be talked about until we get to the weekend. So, you know, you got this Dallas team that's so on tilt right now. Dallas is averaging over 40 points a game at home and they've lost three games. And when you look at it in reality, if they didn't drop the ball in the in Phoenix they would have been able to just win that game. They would be right now. They would only have two losses. And, you know, San Francisco beat the brakes off of the Cowboys. And the Cowboys literally beat themselves when they played the Eagles a few weeks back. So you factor that in and you start getting excited because now you have a full strength team in the 49ers. That's the whole thing. 49ers on full strength are the best team in the NFL. And, you know, that five, they were so dominant through the first five weeks. They didn't have close games like Philadelphia. And pretty much what they're trying to do is they're trying to make it a lopsided bet for the Eagles and get you some uh, bonus money, too, because this this is going to be their toughest game of the season. And so pretty much, you know what, they can go ahead and get that minus money line money and get a big handle on the 49ers as well too because you have guys coming in there okay let me put 50k on the Niners then let me put 75k on the Niners because this week they could put 10k on the Eagles you know what I mean or you can go ahead and put 25k so you can hedge your bet you know all that stuff so there's a lot of different options that you have with this game but the reason why they're doing this is is because they see this as a old Johnny special you know what I mean? Uh, hot is, a hotter team comes in here who's going against a team that had to survive the last few weeks. And so this is what we get. This is the type of game that we will get. 
And pretty much we're going to we're testing the Eagles to see if they are really the best team in football. You still with me, Mike? I am still with you. I was just trying to process everything that you just laid out there. Let me ask you a question. What what do you think the the line for the Philadelphia San Francisco game should be since you were talking about being an odds maker? A pick em. So then you know that, okay, this is a 50-50 game. That's where we're going with this. But regardless, at the end of the day, it's a 50-50 game. This is more about – this is – you know what? I'm going to keep it real with you, Mike. But, but the, wait a they, second. If they, if they were playing in San Francisco, then what would it be? If they were playing in San Francisco, they would they would really they would make the uh, 49ers a five and a half, four and a half in in San Francisco because they've absolutely annihilated guys in San Francisco. It's not going to be uh, shorter than four and a half. It's not going to be higher than six and a half. That's steep, man. And That's I'm deep. saying I'm saying this because the thing is, you have to look at the situation and tell yourself that. When you bet this game, this is more about fan. This is a fan betting game. This isn't, you know, a big wise, a wise guy like me. I'm not. I'm not. If this guy's, if you're asking me, okay, what's the premium pop on Sunday? It won't be anything that's going on in San, with San Francisco and uh, Philadelphia. The game's too unpredictable. And when you get the games that are too unpredictable, they it's a, I call them fan base bets. And right now. The Niners fan base is much bigger than the uh, Philly fan base. I know everybody. No, no, no. Look, you have to understand. San Francisco has California. They got Arizona. They got Nevada. They got Washington. They got everywhere in the West Coast because they established greatness in the 80s. The Philadelphia Eagles have New Jersey and Pennsylvania and possibly other little parts of the Northeast, but in mainly New Jersey and um Philadelphia and Pennsylvania. And that's who's betting for them. You have to look at it in, in that sense as well, too. And you have to understand the, the 49ers are more global at this moment. So they look like the better team. So they have to be the favorite in San Francisco or in Philadelphia because they have this idea that when San Francisco, if possibly San Francisco wins this week, that when Philly goes to Dallas, that they're gonna get the the beat down. That's what what a lot of the lines makers and everybody is thinking right now is that when they go get the round two with Dallas, they're gonna get whooped, and they don't want a round three with Dallas either. That's the whole thing. Dallas is the one team Philadelphia wants to avoid in the playoffs. I promise you that it's a, it's a sick triangle, Mike. You know what I mean? You got San Francisco who can beat. The Dallas, no problem. But they can have issues with Philadelphia. Then you have Dallas who can beat Philadelphia. so And they have issues with San Francisco. So it's a crazy triangle. It's like it's a good heavyweight uh, uh, trio in a sense. You know what I mean? It's like Foreman, Frazier, and Ali. Yeah, man. I uh, That's... You must be you must be right because that's kind of what got me thinking about how this game tonight at NFC West team, Seattle Seahawks, it's nine and a half point underdogs to the Dallas Cowboys. The 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 Niners weren't even nine and a half point favorites against the Seahawks. Granted, it was up there, up in Seattle. Um but then now 
you're looking at the Niners being favorites. And I'm well, like, what the hell, man? <laughs> you know, I'm like, what the hell? What's 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 going on here? And I think your explanation is plausible. Uh, with all that said, I know you said it's not a game that would entice, you know, my man Pop DiBiase here. But if you were to take a side, what's the winning side, do you think? Well, are you taking a side? I'm Philadelphia all the way. I'm sorry. This is a team that, to me, is rolling and has confidence. And we've seen the Niners have hiccups, you know, against Cleveland when Cleveland was down. You know, they had a three-game losing streak. The Eagles never even sniffed a three-game losing streak. You know, um, to me, the Eagles are are the play. That's me personally. What say you? I I was on my show the other day, and I said, gave out Eagles. Because I said, come on, man, I'm not going to fall for it. I was like, San Francisco, you're great. Good to have everybody back and everything like that. But I do remember what happened last uh, January. You guys absolutely got cooked. You know what I mean? Your quarterback was was confused. Your defense was not. Your defense did a, a decent job, but they were out there on the field way too much. But I know now you got a quarterback. Now you got everybody healthy, and the game should go different. But you shouldn't look at it like that. Philadelphia is a tough team to beat. Jalen Hurts has the the uh, I'm uh, the refuse to lose uh, gene to him. You got uh, the best. Um, I would say the best go route runner in the league right now and Devonta Smith. And then you got AJ Brown, who's literally just a mismatch for everybody that's in front of him. Right. And I think the, the, the confidence is, uh, is right now at like a fever pitch for Philadelphia, because not only have they had some comeback wins, but they've beaten some of the better teams around the league too. They've beaten like the, the upper tier. It's not like they had to come back, you know, against the, Chicago Bears or something. I mean, they're 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 playing the tougher part of their schedule right now. They're making it happen. They're beating teams like the Bills in Kansas City. You know, two of the better teams in the AFC. Definitely, at least when it comes to the Chiefs. And overall, I would say this: you know, there's no revenge factor here when it comes to the 49ers. And the reason for that is because. I think revenge has to do with when maybe you have like a like a deeply seated rivalry, right? And now we got to go to back, you know, SC, you know, UCLA got us last year. USC needs to beat them this year, like that kind of thing. No, it's not really like that. I think to me, you know, the better team, which is probably going to be the team that makes the least mistakes. I mean, football is, can, can be boiled down pretty simply because, look, all NFL players are good, right? So really – I mean, football is so simple that you could say whoever makes the least mistakes and whoever executes on one more play. I mean, it really comes down to that, you know, not giving them the ball and score, or at least I want to re redefine that, by the way, not giving them the ball in deep in your territory. Like not all turnovers are bad, right? Like if I throw the ball 80 yards downfield and a guy picks it off, well, that's the same as a punt. It's not a terrible turnover. So not turning over the ball where you're giving them a short field, you know, and executing on the plays that you're supposed to make. How many times have we seen this year where teams execute on 90% of the play? In other words, the snap, the blocking, the drop back, the throw, then the guy drops it, right? So, you know, I 
actually one time mapped out football, and I know we're a little bit late to a break, so I'll leave you with this, Pop. I once mapped out football, entire game, play by play. And I did this over the course of a few weeks. It really came down to the team that makes like four to five mistakes is the team that probably can win the game. The team that makes six to 10 mistakes is the team that loses the game. And the way I defined mistakes was turnovers, drops, bad penalties. So like when I say five, so that means you get a combination, a couple bad penalties, a drop, uh, a fumble, and an INT. That gets you to five. So you got to have less than five total big mistakes. You know, if you now you have two, two interceptions, one fumble, three holding calls that nullify first downs, right? A bad PI call, too many men on the field. Now you got 10 mistakes. You're going to lose the game. Now think about that for a minute. You got a 60 minute game, four quarters of 15 apiece, and it all literally comes down to about four or five plays. Did you screw up on four or five plays or not? And right now, Eagles aren't screwing up very much. That's why I like the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's take our time out, Pop. We'll come back. We'll pick up more with Pop DiBiase right after this. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety channel voice america programs are now available on your favorite connected device including amazon alexa and google home through streams with apple podcasts tune in and iHeartRadio. listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast hey alexa play finding your frequency podcast if that doesn't work try adding on tune in or on iHeartRadio or on apple podcasts Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email to Mike at the MikeAbadirShow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back with Mike and Pop talking a little National Football League. Spent a little time talking about the boys 
America's team, Cowboys, playing tonight. Led us to talking about the Philadelphia Eagles and the 49ers matchup. I want to touch on something, Pop, that, you, that I've said for many weeks now. You actually featured it as a longer conversation on your show, which will tell the fine listeners how they could tune into your show in a moment here. But the topic of what, how, how does the NFL look long term? Actually, I should say medium term in quarterbacking. What is the state of the quarterback position of the league? Because I've been harping on it for a while. And I'm kind of like every week, it seems like there are less and less franchise quarterbacks in the NFL. Maybe it's due to injury. Maybe it's due to poor play. Maybe it's due to retirement or injury like Aaron Rodgers. But I mean, shit, man. When I look at the quarterbacks up and down the, the, the rosters right now, when I look at the starting quarterbacks in the league, it is slim pickings, brother. And if you notice, none of the national media is really talking about it. They all want to protect their golden child, the NFL, the product that they paid billions of dollars to be able to televise and talk about. But man, quarterback play, quarterback position, NFL is kind of in trouble, man. What, what were some of the highlights of the discussion in your show? Well, you know, it's and I'm glad people are, are, are on it right now because I went to my activity. I went to my uh, my my little algorithm and it's it's doing pretty good right now. But um, that's because it's a topic people want to talk about. So pretty much the highlight of what I was saying was the development of quarterbacks. Um, I feel that. We're getting to the point now that, okay, and I don't want to just make this a real racial thing or anything like that, but we're getting to the point now to where, okay, these teams are getting comfortable with drafting black quarterbacks in the first round. But at the same time, too, it's a, it's a, it's a test. It's a test to see if this thing is really working in college football. You know what I mean? Because there's a lot of brothers that are uh, the top quarterbacks in college football now. But they're trying to see if it can work, but really what they're trying to do is they're trying to figure out, will the quarterback position still be important to the first round? Because you don't have to, let's think about this. Some teams think that they're They need the quarterback, but really they need an offensive lineman. Really. They needed a defensive, uh, a pass rusher. Really. They needed a cornerback. Hey, maybe they even needed a running back more than they needed that quarterback. Maybe that's the, maybe you go after your fit and you don't force it. You know what I mean? And you know what? The Texans got very lucky that they were able to be blessed and get two picks. And they did some, they, they did mortgage the future somewhat to go get CJ Stroud. And they always wanted the, 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 the edge rusher. That and Mike, you know this. You're an agent. You're in the circles. You know that that's who the Texans wanted. They can fight all day and say, "Oh, they wanted CJ." I was at the draft. They wanted the kid from Alabama, and if they were able to make that deal happen, they could get CJ as well too. CJ went number two because that's for the pageantry of the draft. So you know, pretty much Anderson goes number three, but that's who they wanted. And then what happens is you get have a significant 
uh, downfall after that. You don't take a quarterback until the second round because these NFL teams are not that convinced on drafting a young quarterback to run their team. These guys would much rather say, okay, let's go out and get these guys in the second round or maybe the third round, the fourth round. As we, as we keep progressing, these quarterbacks have to be light years away. I would say this right now, Caleb Williams in a real draft that is not over pressing for a quarterback. That guy doesn't go into the third or fourth round. Because he has a lot of really good good intangibles to him, but he has a lot of a bad he has a lot of red flags to him, and that's back thirty years ago you didn't touch quarterbacks like that to the fourth round or something like that, and then you develop them behind a quarterback that's been doing this for five or six years, and then they have to earn the opportunity to actually be the starter of your team. You're you have to force these guys that you're picking in the top five right into the lineup. Think about this. Any coach that really would have been able to really say to themselves, okay, you know what? I want Bryce Young to be a red shirt this year. We're going to let Andy Dalton quarterback the team until we feel like we it's good enough for us to throw Bryce in there. But they couldn't do that. They have to go in there and throw Bryce in there. He has to uh, trial by fire. But then this week what happens is the owner – chooses the quarterback over the coach and now figured out that he made a bad mistake because he had a coach that doesn't believe in the quarterback. And then it, it got trickled back down to the little people and then they start chirping about it. And then what, what did the owner have to do? He fired the coach. He fired Deuce Staley and he fired Luke McCown. These guys were the ones that were chirping the hardest about the quarterback, but not developing the quarterback. And I said that you can't not be, I, I agreed everything would happen. You have to be progressive. And you weren't being progressive, Frank. So that's why you got to go. And I truly do feel that when it comes to the quarterback position, they're trying to figure out a way to where they don't have to draft these guys right in the top five because they might not be the 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 guy that they want them to be. These There's so many good quarterbacks in college uh, football because we have so many cheap offenses. At the end of the day, it's really about the playmakers. These quarterbacks are not, most of them are not guys that are throwing guys open, doing all those things, and they're not leading. I don't want a quarterback that spent two years in college, man, and he played 22 games. I love the DTRs, man. Guy played 50 some odd games in college. He started, Mike, started. I would rather have a guy who started 40 plus games than a guy who has some potential. Because a guy that starts 40-plus games knows how to, to really manage a team and get teams to where they need to go. They can say whatever they want about uh, Justin Herbert. He's going to be a Hall of Famer because he started over 40 college football games and was successful. And by the time he figured it all out, the time his team figured it all out, he won the biggest game in the Pac-12. So that was because he was able to develop and be able to make mistakes and then fix those mistakes. I feel like they're churning out the uh, the quarterbacks way too quickly. Okay, the starter doesn't work. Throw the backup in. The backup doesn't work. Now we're cutting them. Come on, man. You know what I mean? Okay, the starter, you get to stick around. And I just feel like it's just too much of a revolving door at the position. And you, come on, Mike. You saw how it worked on the um, – a few days before, look at Dobbs. Dobbs was on the Browns. He was traded to the Cardinals starting on Sunday because they didn't trust the backups. 
So they went ahead and they went with Dobbs, even though they knew that they weren't trying to win any games. So they could have just went with Clayton Toon, but they didn't want to be embarrassed because he is not an NFL quarterback yet. He doesn't know the nuances of the position and he's not confident enough to be the starter. Brock Purdy is successful because he had many starts. And you know, Brock Purdy beat out three guys that were five, four or five star quarterbacks that came to Iowa State as well, too. So there goes a Tom Brady for you right there where you're beating out the studs that they brought here. And that's because you got good coaching going on over there. A lot of these college football players do not have good coaches because they're all looking for the next job. Think about that. You know what I mean? SMU is providing some of the better arms in uh, college football, but that's because it's a cheap offense, just like Houston, a cheap offense. And just like Boise State was, it's a cheap offense. And when you say, Pop, what's a cheap offense? It's an offense that really doesn't uh, translate well to the NFL. It's a lot of gimmick. It's a lot of gaming. And it's a lot of bullshit. Um, and I know I'm not supposed to be cussing, but I'm sorry. You know what I mean? I just had, it just kind of came out there. But you know, it's just a lot of it's it's a lot of garbage time stuff. And when it works, it works. But when it doesn't work, it looks god awful. Look at UCLA. That's a great example for UCLA. They got some great play calling going. But what happens is the quarterback's not developed enough to really be able to make those great throws that you're supposed to make because he's not thinking well enough because, you know, he's looking for those cheap plays that he that made him great in high school. And, and I know this because, you know, I'm a big fella, but I played the quarterback position as a youth. And I know exactly how to play the position. You have to be able to manage the team. And then you have to make the decisions that the coach didn't make on the field as well, too. And you know what? Because sometimes the coach don't have all the answers. And when I say cheap offense, I say, hey, okay, let's go ahead and run this gimmicky uh, front reverse real quick and then try to see if we can get us 10 yards real fast. No, that's not a good play. Let's run four screens in a row because it looks like that they're going to be blitzing on this side. So, look, we might have a lot of space on this side right here. Oh, let's go ahead and try to throw a quick slant over here or a dig or something of that nature. You're not setting anything up. You're not setting the guy up to be open. You're not reading the defense. You're not reading the coverages. You're just trying to see exactly how you can be cheap. And that's why these guys are getting away with absolute murder right now, getting into the NFL and have not developed as a quarterback. High school quarterbacking is not professional quarterbacking. College quarterbacking is not professional quarterbacking. Professional quarterbacking is when you can see the play before the play happens. And you don't have to be Peyton Manning. You don't have to be Tom Brady. You just have to be somebody that focuses in and works hard at the position. I don't think they're working hard enough at the position as well, too. Shadir Sanders was the best example of the way that a lot of these quarterbacks are responding to it. They want the instant gratification, but they don't want to put the work in. And they swear they're putting the work in, but they're not. And you can attest to that. Look at Derek Carr, for instance. Derek Carr has settled in on being just a well-paid quarterback. But you know what? That kid, Jake Hayner, is working his butt off to take his job. And nobody knows what's coming with the Saints, but that's going to be the starter for their team next year. And, you know, a lot of, it sounds a little crazy, Bob. Well, because they're in uh, salary cap hell right now, the uh, Saints. And at the end of the day, Derek Carr is an asset. And they're going to fire Dennis Allen. And they're going to get Derek Carr down the road to 
somewhere like Tampa or somewhere like, hey, 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 you might even wind up with the Giants. You know what I mean? Something of that nature because maybe Daniel Jones might be might not work or they might make a quarterback competition. That's what I'm talking about as well, too. If you know you have an average, above average quarterback and then you have a quarterback that knows what they're doing, trade for that quarterback. Don't get rid of the other quarterback. Keep them both. So then you can see exactly who can lead your team. I said that the greatest insurance policy of all time, this is why the San Francisco 49ers from the 80s were the greatest ran franchise ever, because they knew Joe Montana was a fragile unit. He's a fragile asset, but he's our leader. But we don't want to offend him. So what we're going to do is we're going to go get Steve Young. Steve Young is a guy that is a potentially great quarterback, but he's playing with the worst team in the NFL. We can disguise this like the guy wasn't no good. We're just giving him a chance so we can have our little backup here. San Francisco knew that the, that Joe Montana was going to have another cat, big-time injury. And by making sure that they prepared this quarterback and told him that, you know what, you're going to get the opportunity when Joe gets hurt. And if Joe gets significantly hurt, you can take over this team. We know how good you are. The first thing he started doing was working out with Jerry Rice every day after practice. So Jerry Rice could get things from a left-handed uh, point of view. And then he brought out John Taylor. And then you have the rapport going with this quarterback right here. Aaron Rodgers was successful because he decided to stay after practice and work with certain guys as Varv went home and chilled with his family because he's already done that. This is what these rookies got to do. You have well, to I've, got, I've got a solution for you, Pop. I've got a solution for you because everything that you're saying makes sense. You took us down his, uh, memory lane, and, and I agree with you in terms of the development of the quarterback. You nailed it. That's the key. There's no time to do that right now. So how about this? Let's look at it more from like a baseball perspective. You know, if, if you don't call up a prospect until from the minors until after April, whatever the date is, you know, it counts differently in terms of how much service time he gets and blah, blah, blah. Let's take a page out of baseball and do something like that. How about this? The quarterback's salary, the quarterback's cap hits doesn't have any impact. It's 0% until he takes his first NFL snap. So now you can develop the guy for two years and then get another three years on his first contract. You see what I'm saying? Like He's still getting paid, but in terms of a salary hit, that's the new rule that you make that applies to quarterbacks only. Because quarterbacks are a very different position than anybody else. But you do this, it's not a hit. That's what I would suggest, man. Let's take our final timeout, Pop. Resume the conversation. Pop DiBiase, Mike Avenir, right after this. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. 
Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at TheMikeAbadirShow.com Now, back to this week's program. Back to the final segment with Hot Bibi Yassi and your host, Mike Abadir. Hey, I have a trivia question for you, Pop. DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf. Going to be playing in tonight's game, wide receiver. What does DK stand for? Trivia question. Any you ideas? I have no clue what that guy's name is at, at, at the end of the day. Donkey I didn't either. I didn't, I didn't either. That's a, <laughs> wouldn't that be something, Donkey Kong Metcalf? That'd be badass. Hey, we, uh, we got a, We got a Kool Aid coming to the NFL soon. Oh, uh, do we? Kool Aid McKinstry. He plays for the for Bama. All right. Well, I I, I like that we, name. We know his mama did not name him Kool Aid, but There's they no call him Kool Aid. Well, what this guy's mama did name him DK Metcalf is D Kalen. D Kalen, and it's spelled. D E, but there's no apostrophe, so it's not Duck Kalen, it's D Kalen, I would think, or Duck Kalen, D E K A Y L I N. Just threw that out there because a lot of people, everybody knows DK Metcalf if you follow the NFL, but I don't think very many people know what DK means. So, about to throw it out there for you folks. Real quick though, DK yeah. Metcalf should be on the move with this offseason. Because think about it. They got the replacement with uh, JSN and Lockett's out playing him right now as well, too. And he's really heavy on the cap right now. So he's an asset somewhere else. He'll probably wind up in uh, with the 49ers. Yeah, I mean, look, man, he's – I think he's a guy that uh, can be huge for another team. You know, I kind of see him being next year's uh, A.J. Brown you know, who came over from Tennessee to Philadelphia where you take right. like leaps and bound steps forward because uh, let's face it, man, Geno Smith, just, he ain't the dude. He went back, not to completely being jets, Geno Smith, but he's come down to earth. You know, 
he's not a terrible quarterback. He's not a good quarterback. He's just right in between. He's he's somebody that you would want as a competent backup, but I don't think he's a guy that leads you to the Super Bowl. No, no way in hell. Last year, he was on fire for the first three quarters of the season. He came down to earth in the last quarter of the season, and he stayed there. So we know what he maxes out at. And let's face it, before the longest time, people are like, oh, the Seattle doesn't have, you know, uh, running backs, their tight end. Well, look, they went and got no offense. They've got several solid young running backs. They've got all-star receivers. So at this point in time, Gino, you, you are the weakest link. You got to go. But oh, that's the problem with that. NFL quarterbacking is that they don't have anybody to put in there. So guess what ends up happening? You got to keep going with Gito Smith. That is the problem that the NFL is facing. And I really think if they were in the business of developing quarterbacks, then you could wait. Look how much good that did in the examples that you said with Steve Young. It improved his game a thousand percent to be waiting and learning in the wings. What about when it comes to Aaron Rodgers? Same thing. Didn't hurt to learn under Hall of Famer Brett Favre. Right, you want to be an understudy for as long as possible before you go into these games, in my opinion. And here's the thing, Pop. When when you're when you're looking at at, at these current situations, there's a lot of quarterbacks that shouldn't even be starters. And these guys who are starters, the number twos aren't good at all. So yeah, bad quarterbacks with worse quarterbacks behind them. And at some point, it's going to catch up to you. You know, look look at it. All it takes is like, okay, you lose Kirk Cousins and you lose Aaron Rodgers. You know, that's 15% or 30, uh, yeah, 50% of the quarterbacks, you know, in the league <laughs> right there. You know, just like that. You lose two more, what are you left with? Who do you have in the NFC? Trash. You tell me who's who's your top five in the NFC. When it goes off the top of your head, this is off the top of your head. Or if you look down the standings and and you look at the teams in the NFC, you go down the list. I mean, I bet you by the time you get to number five, it's pretty weak sauce, man. Right. Like, if you look at the NFC East, you know, NFC East, you have, like, Dak and Jalen. Maybe Sam Howell is decent. And you look at the Sam, Central. Or- Sam Howell is putting up numbers, though. He's going to fo- maybe finish up as the yardage uh, leader this year. Yeah, he's decent. That's how crazy. This is how crazy, silly, good Sam Howell is. And Sam Howell had more playmakers it would be a di- different story for him if he had a defense that could act, could stop a nosebleed. They would be a different team. I'll be honest with you. But Ron Rivera is on his way out. Eric Bieniemy um, may be getting promoted, but um, a lot of people do feel that Bill Belichick is headed to Washington after this because th- it's it's the the it's the last dance in um, New England right now. Yeah, very, and, very 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 well could be the case, and he might be a good fit over there, man. Um, I don't know right. their cap situation or anything like that, but in terms of pieces, you know, they've got some decent pieces, and I think the most important piece is the quarterback. And I think if he could take uh, the current Howell and even improve on him, then they're in for a good time. 
But right. you know, when you look at the NFC South, you don't have any quarterbacks. I mean, the best ones maybe Bear, Baker Mayfield or Derek Carr, right? In the NFC West, you know, it's Stafford and Geno and Kyler Murray and, and Brock Purdy. And then what division didn't we mention? The NFC North, Goff, Jordan Love, Dobbs, Justin Fields. I mean, I don't think beyond Jalen Hurts and, and maybe Dak, and let's just even give Purdy the benefit of the doubt, that you have an all-star level, Pro Bowl level quarterback in the entire freaking conference. Well, can I throw, can I, can I give you my five like you asked me? Yep. All right, look, okay, we'll put Dak at first because Dak's like the elder statesman somewhat, and he's consistent. It doesn't matter if you don't like him. He's consistent. Uh, he's been consistent this year, at least. And then wow, you, you have take Jay- him over Jalen Hurts? Jalen Hurts is because of his team. If I put Jalen Hurts on Tampa Bay, he's playing like he might be just a little bit better than Baker. Oh, man. It's it's the team. Mike. Let, me, let me remind. Okay, but let me remind you of something real fast, and then I'll I, let you. Get I can't give you my five. Give me your five, and then we'll come back to Jalen Hurts. All right. Yeah. Okay. Jalen Hurts at number two. I throw Purdy in there at number three, and then I'm going to surprise you. I'm going to throw Jordan Love in there at number four, and then I'm going to th- go ahead and at number five. I throw Matt Stafford in there because Matt Stafford, when he get, gets protection, he's still cooking. So, yeah, th- those five right there. And let me tell you something, man. Rather than disagree on your four and five, uh, I think we're kind of almost saying the same thing. And you can throw anybody in that four or five. None of them are pro bowlers. Yep. Like, no well, matter who you throw in, it's like it's going to be a mediocre quarterback. You know, the worst quarterback in the NFL during – Joe Montana and Steve Young's era, Dan Marino, John Elway, the worst quarterback in the league is still better than your four and five in the league right now. And that's truth. And that's a problem. And the NFL has to know that. And they really need to come up with a solution. And the solution is what I said. You're too cheap to put together a minor league system. If it's too hard to get people interested in the arena league and UFL and USFL and all these alternative leagues, then you got to figure out a way to work around the cap to make them a longer term play and not throw them in there, ruin them, and then go through the same cycle over again. Who knows? Maybe they like it, man. Maybe they're cool with that kind of nonsense. I'm not as a fan. I'm not as a participant. I think it, it, it ruins quarterbacks too quickly. And the thing I was going to say about Jalen Hurts, the real quick thing I was going to say is this. Let's not forget, before last year, going into last year, nobody thought anything of Philadelphia. Right? Going into the year before, even less. They had a nice last six games in 2021. Going into last year, some people are like, ah, Philly's got some pieces. Nobody predicted 11 on the one start for last year, right? Now, going into this year, the expectations were there. But I guess it begs the question, why are they good? Is it the pieces or is it Jalen Hurts? I think he took over a team where there were some question marks and he elevated everybody's play. And I think everybody got confidence and grew together. 
that's one of the things I really love about Philadelphia. Like all these guys are young and they grew up in the game together. It's not like one joined, you know, an eight-time Pro Bowler. Like they all are coming up at the same time. To me, it's reminiscent of Aikman, Irvin, Emmett, Novacek, Moose Johnson, the offensive line like Larry Allen. They all came in at the same time. Jimmy Johnson brought all of them in. He hit on every draft pick. That's what I like about Philadelphia. That's why I like Jalen Hurts so much. But that's another topic for another day, Pop. So we agree on the quarterbacks uh, overall standing in the league. Let's close on, on, a, on a positive note with Pop DiBiase telling us where to find the show and a winner out the door here. Um, you guys can find my show on YouTube on the Prime Wave media chan- channel and um is every day live at noon um 11 on mondays and then um sometimes on and then tuesdays since i do nfl bet exchange the show might come in about 1 30 or so but if you guys want to watch it live that's how you guys watch it live and you guys if you follow me on twitter it's going to be on my twitter feed as well too you guys can see that big pink recording thing that means that somebody's on the air on video so you guys can jump into it like that as well too you can follow me at pop dibiase as well and then it's also on my facebook as well too so then that's under the primetime angles show as is so yeah you guys can go ahead and uh catch me catch me monday through friday on there and um we can go and we go from there every day. The most famous uh, segment in the sports betting world, talking tickets. Make sure you guys are tuning in for that as well, too. Winner out the door. Winner out the door. Okay. I'm going to tell you this. My bet for Sunday that I say that is the, I'm not, I don't like to say locks, but I'm going to say Sunday's betting comes down to this right here. I'm gonna go ahead and take the. I'm a. I'm. I'm. This is. This is even tough for me. But I'm gonna go ahead and surprise you guys with the dog bet of the week. Cardinals beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Okay. Okay. I. I, I could subscribe to that, man. I definitely better can. quarterback. Better quarterback. That's all. That's all I'm on right now. And I know that G- TJ will be a terror, but it, it's hard to catch up with little uh, Kyler. Yeah, man, he's a little spark plug. He's like a video game. He's still got it, man. And uh, I think Arizona's a little bit forgotten about. Pop, thank you. That's all the time that we got. Uh, Niners-Eagles game of the week. Give me the Eagles. I think they got the wrong team favorite. Eagles are at home. I think they will win over the San Francisco 49ers. Thank you to Voice America. Thank you to my man, Jordan. Thank you to all the people involved in making this show happen. Of course, thank you to Pop DiBiase, my main man, and most importantly, to you, the listener. We will see you all same time, same place next week. Enjoy your sports weekend, everyone. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.